Welcome to The Spirit. I'm your host, Beck, and today I have a very special guest with me. She goes by the name of Katrina Stebbins, a.k.a. you may know her as Kat from the living room. Hi, Kat. Hi, how are you? Great. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is great. I figured you'd be maybe one of the better people to have as a wing woman because today's show entails twins and doppelgangers, and you just happen to be a twin. Uh, I sure am. Now, what kind of twin are you? Are you uh, identical, fraternal? Fraternal. And your twin is a boy or girl? Boy. I have a twin brother. Are you the oldest? I sure am. I came out seconds before he did. Seconds. (laughs) Older and wiser. Exactly. I guess I'm going to start off with asking you, do you share any telepathic communications with your brother? I'm going to have to say no on that one. No? There's certain physical aspects that we can feel off each other. Okay. Um, Couldn't you explain? Yeah. Well, for example, there was an incident where my brother had gotten to a car accident and really messed up his leg and, you know, he was rushed to the hospital. There's a metal rod in there. My leg hurt for the longest time and he's having issues with it now later on in life. And I've got the same area, same area hurts just on his leg as is mine. Now, do you think that happens in reverse to him? I think so. He never really gave me any um, examples on his end, but I think so. If it happens to me, it should happen to him. Now, you two actually share the same likes in a lot of things as well, don't you? We do. We have a lot of the same tastes. Maybe food, shows, movies. Did this start from a child? Yes. Right when we were little, once we were allowed to go shopping with our parents, you know, we picked out the same chips Picked out the same candy. <laughs> same snacks? Yeah, same snacks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you feel that connection with him? Yes. We bonded over potato chips. Well, I'm going to tell you about five true stories, real life stories of twins that are creepier than any horror movie. Oh, boy. And this is coming off of crack.com. You can just let me know what you think of this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the first story is the Swedish twins that inexplicably go insane at the same time. Have you heard of this? No. This is scary. So there's these Swedish twins, Ursula and Sabina Erikson, and they had no history of mental illness and lived normal, happy lives with their respective families. Then one day, Ursula traveled from the U.S. to Ireland to visit her sister, and what followed was a spree of violence and shared madness that resulted in several traffic accidents, one murder victim, and a whole bunch of baffled cops. Wow. Sabina and Ursula were in Ireland, and for unknown reasons, they hopped on a bus to London without telling anyone. The twins were apparently behaving like hooligans, whose team had just lost. So the driver kicked them out in the middle of the highway and told them to walk it off. (laughs) They did just that. They started walking in the middle of the highway, not giving a shit about speeding cars. Okay. At this point, they run into a group of officers who just happened to be filming a cops-like show for the BBC, and the cameras captured every batshit insane moment that came after that. The video that follows at times looks staged as hell, but it isn't, and there's a real murder conviction to prove it. As seen in the video, the twins are detained by the cops and appear calm until Ursula sprinted into the highway and ran directly into the wheels of a truck. The cops hadn't even had time to react when, seconds later, Sabina did the same thing and was struck by a car. That wasn't the end of it. 
despite the whole car just struck her thing. Mind you, this is a highway. Sabina gets up and attacks the officers. It took six people to contain her. Ursula was raging too, and probably would have done the same thing if, you know, her legs hadn't been broken and all. God. Afterwards, Sabina calmed down and was behaving so normally that cops released her the next day. I wouldn't release her. I know. <laughs> this proved to be a huge mistake because hours later she murdered a man who offered her a place to stay. And then she launched herself from a 40-foot bridge. What? She survived. What? So <laughs> she survived somehow and was sentenced to five years in prison. Oh, my God. Why only five years? Because lawyers had no trouble proving that she was crazy as all fuck when this happened. But if Sabina was the crazy one, why did Ursula jump onto the highway, too? Neither of them had traces of drugs or alcohol in their bodies. Wow. According to psychologists, one of the twins suffered from a form of temporary insanity, and the other was infected by her twin's madness. Their bond was so strong that when one lost her shit, the other did, too. They both have since been declared sane, but we're guessing they're not so big on family reunions anymore. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I would not follow my brother into oncoming traffic. Yeah, but that was a paranormal insanity that hit them both. But it, it was just too strange. It seemed like they were on some sort of drug, but yet there was nothing found in their system. Well, that one that got up and started running, <laughs> like she was, you know, beyond human. She was seriously beyond human. I mean, if you could see the officers wrestling her, there was passerbys and bystanders that were trying to help yeah. Rassle her back into the cop car. The next story I have is called Twins Separated at Birth Live Parallel Lives. Ohio resident James Edward Lewis, who married a woman named Linda, but divorced her and married a woman named Betty, with whom he had a son named James Allen. Are you following this? <laughs> Lewis had been adopted as a baby, and when he was in his late 30s, he tracked down and met for the very first time his twin brother, James Arthur Springer who married a woman named Linda, but divorced her and married a woman named Betty, with whom he had a son named James Allen. Wow. This story was first reported in the press in 1979. James and James were contacted by the psychologist Thomas Bouchard, who wanted to study how similar twins can be despite growing up apart. Turns out the twins had even more similarities. They both had dogs named Toy as kids. Wow. They both liked math and carpentry in school, but hated spelling. They both had jobs in law enforcement. Springer, as a deputy sheriff, and Lewis, as a security guard, they both got headaches at the same time. They both had the weirdest reunion conversation ever after meeting a long-lost brother. This sounds like complete bullshit, but it isn't. It's the only case of its type. Even when twins are raised under radically different circumstances, they still end up having a lot in common. Case in point, Oscar Storr and Jack Youf were also separated as babies. Only this was in Europe in the 1930s. Storr grew up in Germany and joined the Hitler Youth. Youth was raised as a Jew and moved to Israel. One drew swastikas in his notebooks and the other one wore a yarmulke. And yet, despite being as different as two human beings can be, when they met in their 50s, they found that they spoke alike, liked the same foods, and shared oddly specific habits like wearing rubber bands on their wrists or flushing the toilet before using it. Interesting. Experts think that this isn't so weird, that Storr and Youf are genetically identical, so it's normal, and that they should react the same way when exposed to the same everyday experiences. Foods, rubber bands, toilets. 
The fact that one was Jewish and the other was a former Hitler fan is irrelevant, genetically speaking. One twin does the crime, the other does the time. In 1993, police arrested Ronald Anderson for assaulting his estranged wife. The only problem was that Ronald Anderson had already been arrested for the same crime days earlier, and records showed that he was currently serving his six-month sentence in prison. They checked. He was still there. Before the time travel division could be called to untangle the apparent paradox, a friend of the wife puncher cleared everything up. Ronald had a twin named Donald, who had a habit of going to jail for his brother's crimes. In total, Donald says he voluntarily served four sentences for Ronald, simply because he loved his brother and believed he wasn't ready for prison life. It all started in the 70s when Ronald signed up for the army and went through months of training only to decide the last minute that he didn't want to be shipped off to Korea to serve as a helicopter mechanic. Ronald said, what the heck, I'll go for you. He'd fixed a few cars in his neighborhood, so how hard could a helicopter be? Since no one caught them, Donald became a crew chief in Korea. The twins kept pulling the old switcheroo every time Ronald got into trouble. Donald had some run-ins with the law himself and insisted that his bro was too soft and delicate to spend time in prison, despite the fact that Ronald was a violent criminal who repeatedly threatened to murder his wife. When a judge told him to cut that shit out and sentence Ronald to six months in jail, Donald once again stepped up and turned himself in, pretending to be his brother. Apparently, they didn't bother to check his fingerprints because they didn't know he had a twin, never mind one stupid enough to take his place. Unfortunately for Donald and his prison-loving ass, Ronald got himself arrested five days later for attempted murder, battery, and robbery and was sentenced to 14 years inside, in addition to the six months he tried to skip. Investigators worked on the thesis that the twins had planned everything to give Ronald an airtight alibi to murder his wife, but eventually realized that it was a case of extreme brotherly love. Meanwhile, Donald still maintains that he would love to serve the jail time for his brother if he could. <laughs> that too. I would not go to jail for my brother. Have you heard of the silent twins? No, I haven't. What's that? Well, apparently they were creepier than the ones in The Shining. Twins Jennifer and June Gibbons became notorious in the 80s when they carried out a two-woman crime spree at age 18 that resulted in both sisters being declared psychopaths and sent to England's most famous high-security hospital for the criminally insane. However, they already had plenty of experience being creepy before that. As kids, they were known as the Silent Twins because they refused to speak to anyone but each other. And even then, they used their own secret language that no one else could understand. Born to Barbadian parents and raised in Wales, Jennifer and June refused to read or write in school, but at home, it was the opposite. They read voraciously and filled dozens of diaries with writing, including full novels with names like Pepsi-Cola Addict and Discomania. Like all children, they liked to play games. But rather than settling for Barbies or Monopoly, they had bizarre rituals where they decided which one would wake up in the morning first, or which one would breathe first, and the other one wasn't allowed to do anything until the first one did so. Their relationship was complicated. On one hand, they were best friends, and on the other, they occasionally tried to kill each other. Jennifer tried to strangle June with the cord of the radio, and June responded by throwing Jennifer off a bridge. <laughs> Their odd behavior escalated as they grew older and turned to petty theft and arson. It was at this point that their parents realized there might be something wrong with the girls and agreed to have them committed. And if they hadn't, the authorities probably would have insisted. It was towards the end of their 14-year stay at Broadmoor Hospital 
that the twins would pull off their magnum opus. One day, they told their only friend, journalist Marjorie Wallace, author of their biography, published years earlier, that one of them wouldn't make it out of the hospital alive. Jennifer just looked at Wallace and said, I'm going to die, we've decided. You see, the twins had realized that they could never be free or normal as long as they were both alive. And so, according to Wallace in later interviews, Jennifer agreed to be the one to die. And you know, on that day that they were being transferred to a lower security hospital, Jennifer suddenly passed away from a rare heart problem that was never fully explained. Oh. As predicted, June became considerably less creepy after she stopped being a twin, and today she lives a quiet life with her family, which somehow just makes all of the above even weirder. Wow, these stories make us twins seem crazy <laughs> and psychotic. I don't know. Maybe you guys are. Did you guys try to kill each other? Well, of course, we're siblings. <laughs> You're twins. You like the same snacks. You're not telepathic. No. But you do feel each other's pain. We do. Yeah. Hey, Kat. Yes. What if I told you there's such thing as biracial twins? Really? One's white and one's half Jamaican. Well, I can see that happening. I mean. But they're identical. They can't be identical. They're identical. How does that happen? Born to a half Jamaican mother and a white father, Lucy and Maria Elmer present a striking example of biracial twins. There are identical twins who don't look the same. But it's unique when the twins have different skin tones and hair types. Born in 1997, Lucy and Maria have a white father and a half Jamaican mother. Just like their looks, their personalities differ too. Fair complexion and red-haired Lucy studied art and design, whereas Maria, who had brown hair and a caramel complexion, studied law and psychology. The skin tone of their three other siblings ranged between Maria and Lucy. In their mid-twenties, the twins enjoyed being different as people don't mistake them for one another like normal identical twins. In fact, these twins have to show birth certificates to prove their relationship. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so you have a redhead, pale redhead, and then caramel colored girl. So the only thing different about them is the color of their skin. Well, and that they don't really share the same passions, it seems. Well, true, but I'm on a physical level. Yeah. They, they look exactly the same except for the color of their skin. Well, I know back in school i would have my brother's friends come up to me and say hey you know if you just shaved your head you'd look exactly like your brother oh man yeah in a one-of-a-kind accident a pair of 70 year old identical twin brothers were killed in two separate accidents while riding their bicycles on the same road two hours apart wow twins do share a mysterious connection and they can feel each other's pain and distress Twins may die due to the same illness, but twins meeting similar death on the same road within a mere two-hour time gap? That's a rare occurrence. But then, it wouldn't be part of an unusual twin story if it had been a common incident. 70-year-old twin brothers died within hours of one another in separate accidents on the same road in northern Finland. In the first accident, one of the brothers was riding a bicycle on an icy road when he was hit by a lorry. Two hours later, the second brother, too, got hit by a lorry while riding on the same road. What makes the accident even more freaky is that the authorities had not yet informed the second brother about the first one's incident.
from user Rubber Hedgehog. There are many occasions where one of us twins will say something and the other will have been thinking the same thing verbatim. Many times we both say it at the same time and our friends are weirded out. Did you have that with Tom? Oh, now that I think back at it, I, I think so. Like, oh. I would have thoughts, but my brother being the outspoken one, he would always come out and say it. A lot of these are very similar to you because they sense each other's pain. Mm-hmm. My brother and I have always been sensitive to each other's pain. When one gets hurt, the other seems to know it. The biggest example was when my brother broke his thumb at a football game. I was home watching the house and the dogs, and my thumb suddenly started to hurt. I had to call my parents looking for painkillers. <laughs> and that was from Jaden Cordevore. Yeah, I believe it. Been there. I don't know how science can't prove this when you have claim after claim after claim. What do you need? in front of you that's not more black and white than that i don't know i can understand why it would be hard yeah i can but i can't i mean how can you scientifically prove a feeling how about have you ever known when your brother was going to call you i've never even thought of that no i don't think i've ever had that feeling now let's talk about doppelgangers do you know what a doppelganger is yeah it's basically someone else or something that looks exactly like you Yeah, pretty much. It comes from German, and it literally means double walker. And it is a biologically unrelated lookalike, or double, of a living person. In fiction and mythology, a doppelganger is often portrayed as a ghostly or paranormal phenomenon, and usually seen as a harbinger of bad luck. Other traditions and stories equate a doppelganger with an evil twin. In modern times, the term twin stranger is occasionally used. The word doppelganger is often used in a more general and neutral sense, and in slang to describe any person who physically resembles another person. Have you ever had a doppelganger? Um, I'm going to say yes. Uh, Apparently I had one back in junior high school. Did you get to meet her? No, I didn't, but I was told that her classes were on the third floor, and a couple of my friends would come up to me and be like, hey, weren't you just up on the third floor? What were you doing up there? I'm like, no. I'm not I'm not allowed on the third floor. I'm not in that grade. Oh, that's creepy. So you never met her. You never saw her. No, nope. and You're apparently f- she was a normal person. She was real. She spoke. Yes. Huh. But I didn't know her name. Nobody knew her name. It's fascinating. Never saw her. I had a few people that claimed I had doppelgangers. I saw a few, and I didn't think they looked like me. No. I asked other people, does this person really look like me? And they said no. But I did have one actual experience, and I talked about it in one of the episodes called Pennock Street. And that happened with my mother when I walked through and by her without speaking and without looking at her and walked straight into my bedroom. And then minutes later, the real me walked in and I said, hi, mom. (laughs) Creepy. And she said, did you are you playing games with me? Did you just go to your room and climb out the window? Are you trying to scare me? And I'm like, what are you talking about? When she told me that, I mean, she she'll never forget that. She said it was one of the most scariest experiences ever. Well, yeah, you see your daughter coming in the house and then all of a sudden, two seconds later, her daughter's coming in the house (laughs) again. I mean, (laughs) that's weird. So I put that on the paranormal spectrum. Yeah, definitely. I I just don't know what to think of that. I mean, that is some weird shit. Let's talk about some doppelgangers. This is an article from liveabout.com, and they are comparing doppelgangers versus bilocation. And so let's read into this a little bit. Body doubles as a paranormal phenomenon typically manifest themselves in one of two ways. 
A doppelganger is a shadow self that is thought to accompany every person. Traditionally, it's said that the owner of the doppelganger can see this phantom self and that it can be a harbinger of death. A person's friends or family can sometimes see the doppelganger as well. The word is derived from the German term for double walker. Bilocation is the psychic ability to project an image of the self in a second location. This body double, known as a wraith, is indistinguishable from the real person and can interact with others just as the real person would. Now, I know what a wraith is, and I saw it in Nosferatu. I was just <laughs> thinking that. I'm like, oh. Written by Joe Hill, which is Stephen King's son. And if you haven't seen it, he drives around in what he calls the wraith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that word. It's a good show. Ancient Egyptian and Norse mythology both contain references to body doubles, but doppelgangers as a phenomenon is often associated with bad omens first became popular in the mid-19th century as a part of a general surge in the U.S. and Europe in interest in the paranormal. Emily Sagi. One of the fascinating reports of a doppelganger comes from an American writer, Robert Dale Owen, who recounts the tale of a 32-year-old French woman named Emily Sagi. She was a teacher in an exclusive girls' school near Walmart in what's now Latvia. And one day in 1845, while Sagi was writing on the blackboard, her exact double appeared beside her. The doppelganger precisely copied the teacher's every move as she wrote, except that she did not hold any chalk. Thirteen students in the classroom witnessed the event. During the next year, Sagi's doppelganger was seen several times. The most astonishing instance of this took place in the full view of the entire student body of 42 students on a summer day in 1846. As they sat at the long tables working, they could see Sagi in the school's garden gathering flowers. When the teacher left the room to talk to the headmistress... Sagi's doppelganger appeared in her chair, while the real Sagi could be seen in the garden. Two girls approached the phantom and tried to touch it, but felt an odd resistance in the air surrounding it. The image then slowly vanished. Very weird. Sister Mary of Jesus. One of the most astonishing cases of bilocation took place in 1622 at the Isolita Mission in what is now New Mexico. Father Alonso de Benavides reported encountering Jamano Indians, although they had never met Spaniards, carried crosses, observed Roman Catholic rituals, and knew Catholic liturgy in their native tongue. The Indians told them that they had been instructed in Christianity by a lady in blue who came among them for many years and taught them this new religion in their language. When he returned to Spain, Father Benavides' investigation led him to Sister Mary of Jesus in Agreda, Spain who claimed to have converted North American Indians not in body, but in spirit. This is up Steph's alley right here. Sister Mary said she'd regularly fell into a cataleptic trance, after which she recalled dreams in which she was carried to a strange and wild land where she taught the gospel. As proof of her claim, she was able to provide highly detailed descriptions of the Jamano Indians, including their appearance, clothing, customs, none of which she could have learned through research since they were fairly recently discovered by the Europeans. How did she learn their language? I didn't, she replied. I simply spoke to them, and God let us understand one another. Interesting. So we have twins, we have doppelgangers, and we have bilocation. Now it's getting real crazy. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to share with you Redditor stories of people who share encounters with doppelgangers. 
Okay. Seeing herself out of the corner of her eye. And this was by Quiet Voice 4846. Late at night, I usually go to the bathroom multiple times, but for the past four days, every time I go to leave, I can see myself standing in the mirror from the corner of my eye. Oh, God, that's freaky. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like the other me is watching me leave the bathroom. It terrifies me to the point where I almost run without looking directly at the mirror. I never told my husband about it because I didn't want to acknowledge it out loud. Earlier today, I took a nap in our bed while he sat in the chair next to it watching TV. When I woke up, he told me that he had seen me sit up and crawl backwards ah, <laughs> to the edge of the bed. That's some ring shit. I know, right and stand up in front of our bedroom door from the corner of his eye. He thought it was weird I got up like that because I'm in the last month of pregnancy and I really can't move so well without hurting. So he tried talking to me. When I didn't answer, he looked at the door to find me not there and still sleeping in bed. I got really creeped out and I finally told him about what I've been seeing in the bathroom. He thought it was creepy as well, but didn't want to really talk about it anymore because he thinks it will give whatever it is power or energy. I have no idea what it wants or why we have both seen it. That's crazy. Wow. I'm going to give that a 10 on the creepy scale. A lot of these stories are similar in nature because they're about fake mothers and fake fathers. And that's what they call them anyway. But we know they're doppelgangers. Right. Now, this is from Redditor G4YF13R. <laughs> this, is, this is from Redditor R2D2. <laughs> When I was nine, I stayed home sick from school. I distinctly remember that I wasn't actually sick. Simply playing hooky to avoid bullying. Kids are cruel. I woke from a nap, turned on the TV in our living room, and scrolled through some channels when my mother suddenly leaned over the bar and stared at me without saying anything. I had been awake for a few minutes at this point, so I can't rightly blame sleep paralysis for all this. Now, whatever this thing was, it was entirely identical to my actual mother. It sounds weird to describe... But it's as if the only difference was that this thing was pretending to be my mom, had never felt a single emotion in its life. It was unsettling. <laughs> it beckoned me, and I attempted to talk to her as I would my mother. She kept beckoning, refusing to answer. And that's when I sensed something horribly wrong. Naturally, I started screaming at this thing to answer me. It just kept beckoning, and I bolted, running out of the room and into the yard, yelling for help. My mother, the real one, had been working in the yard and came rushing over. I told her what I had just seen, and she soothed me with an easy explanation that it must have been my fever, or a fever dream, but thankfully stayed by my side for the rest of the afternoon, as I was a nervous wreck. Now, I, I had come across something that said President Lincoln had seen himself in the mirror as well. Now, is there any stories, or do you have an opinion on if you see your doppelganger, you're going to die? Well, that's the thing. They are supposed to be harbingers of death. And President Lincoln was seeing his doppelganger in the mirror. And he ended up being assassinated. Yeah. We have to accompany the mom with a dad, right? Right. Okay. A second dad standing at the door. This is from Redditor Geobite. I remember one Sunday morning, my brother and I were watching TV. <laughs> and someone knocked on the door. We lived in an apartment that was empty. The owner hadn't rented the second floor, and it was a two-bedroom apartment, a kitchen, and a bathroom by the door. A small apartment, but with a big window that faces out. So when I heard someone knock, I checked the window and saw my father, so I thought. I was going to the door to open it, and when I was going to unlock the door, my mother pulls me away and screams at me not to open the door because I didn't know who it was. I told her I saw my dad. She freaked out, going to the window and checking, and then checking the peephole. She started to get terrified. And she said to go to the furthest room in the apartment and not to come out. She went and woke up my dad. 
<laughs> my dad got up angry and confused. We told him what we saw, and the man was still knocking at the door. My dad screamed, who is it? No answer. He said he'd call the cops and regular threats, but nothing. We saw, while my dad was busy screaming at him, that he was just standing still in front of the door. So my mom took us to the furthest room from the door while my dad got ready to open the door with a metal bat. Once he did, the man was gone. My dad goes out looking everywhere around the apartment. The apartment door was a heavy metal door and always was heard when someone comes in and out. But we heard nothing that morning, nor nothing when my dad had opened the door. We heard no footsteps, but my brother, my mother, and I saw that man, and he looked exactly like my father. <laughs> <laughs> so in my story, I talked about how my doppelganger walked by my mother and didn't speak. Right. Well, we have another one here from Don D. Andon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And his story is both times that my family experienced doppelgangers, the doppelgangers refused to respond when spoken to. The first was my sister's doppelganger, who my brother told to go downstairs for lunch. She did not answer. When my brother walked downstairs, he instantly saw my actual sister wearing a different shirt. She couldn't have passed my brother so quickly because the staircase led directly to our dining area. The second was my own doppelganger, who stood at my door at 12 p.m., mute and staring at my sister, who was using the computer. I wasn't actually home until 4 p.m. later that day after school. My sister didn't know that until she asked me why I was just staring at her without emotion earlier around noon. Let's round it out with a nice parent one. <laughs> Since we've covered the doppelganger mother, the doppelganger father, the doppelganger little brother and sister, we've covered all the family, right? Well, let's, much. let's end yeah. it with uh, the creepy parents. I woke up one morning to my dad going to the kitchen and stopping by to say, hey, wake up. And then I took my phone and started watching YouTube. I was awake for sure. Later, my mom was walking to the kitchen and did the same thing my dad had done. Then I get out of bed and see that my parents were still in their room. I asked them if they asked me to wake up while walking to the kitchen and they said no. I don't know what that was. Can somebody please explain? Where do these things come from? these doppelgangers i don't think anyone knows that's I mean, the paranormal aspect of it is that are they demonic they are can they... be i'm sure i'm sure i mean i felt like whatever that was that walked by my mother was because it was at a time when things were very active and very disturbing and evil could be ghosts could be a self aspect maybe maybe a higher self perhaps i don't know but you would think if that was the case, that it would be more loving or more like you and not devoid of emotion. Right. That's what makes it creepy. Right. Or the ones that don't speak. Mm -hmm. Because you don't hear many instances of them speaking, actually. No. When you look into these things. Well, Kat from the living room, <laughs> I'm so happy that you joined me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. Uh, I, you don't have that far of a journey to make it back to. Nope. I'll just be... Doing the 12-step program. <laughs> I'm so glad that you were able to share a little insight on being a fraternal twin and sitting through some of these interesting and scary stories. Yeah, some of them were unreal. Unreal. Sure. Between twins, doppelgangers, bilocation, it's a paranormal world we live in. It sure is. <laughs> you just got to be open to it. You do. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, Email us at 
tothespiritpod at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find links in the description to get a hold of us and leave us a voicemail at speakpipe or at anchor.com. I'd also like to thank all the listeners that have left reviews for us and have sent in messages for us. We appreciate you. Thank you. And until next time, to the spirit podcast, supernatural science, I'm ghost, 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 I'